This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, you ready one? You ready one? You ready one, Scotty? I'm ready. Curdy player one. Sixth graders' genius science fair project tests if a cat's butt really touches everything in a home. Okay, let's touch every butt in your home on this very wonderful solo episode of Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. That's Scotty Landis right there. That's Kurt Brownoller, my favorite comedian. Sorry, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> oh, buddy. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Kurt, I'm jumping right in because we have a Buddy the Beefalo update. Oh, Buddy Floral. the Beefalo update. Now, if you remember this, this was a very long time ago that yes. Buddy the Beefalo had escaped and was wild. This was like six, seven months ago. That's correct. So eight months after escaping, this was in Connecticut. We covered this story with Andy, our, our good our good friend, comedian Andy Iwasio. That's right. Am Iwancio. I saying that last Iwancio. name right? Iwancio. Iwancio. Andy, I'm sorry. Andy listens to the pod. Andy, I love you. Uh, so Buddy the Beefalo, a beefalo for the Bananimals who may not remember or haven't heard that episode yet, is a half bison, half steer. So it's like a hybrid animal. They exist. Buddy broke out from an. Uh, he was in. He was at a processing plant to become meat, oh, and escaped, him, and then ran it. from the Connecticut police for eight months. Eight Here's the update. Months sent in by Kim Mang. We actually got this from a bunch of people. Andy might have called it in, yeah. uh, but Kim Mang M A N N G underscore sent in the updates. Thank you, Kim. This is from uh, CT Post. Tara O'Neill. I'm just going to skim through this one to launch us into this awesome episode. So Great. Plymouth, Connecticut. They caught Buddy. They apprehended him after eight months. They they put him in an animal sanctuary. They decided this guy's a hero. Let's not uh, put him out of his misery. That's amazing. Or they put him out of his joy already, but might as yeah. well not add to his misery. So he's at the Critter Creek Farm Sanctuary, where this part cattle, part buffalo, was sent to retire. He's already a tried to escape twice. <laughs> so this, <laughs> Buddy will not stay penned yes. in. I mean, here's oh. the deal. Like, it, what is if Buddy made it eight months? That means he yeah. made it through a winter. Let Buddy him have can it. do it. Let him yeah. just fucking let him go. 
What's my grandmother that, hit a cow there? in a station wagon and lived to tell the tale. If the dangerous <laughs> buddy might cross the street, put some signs up. You know, <laughs> let buddy roam free. But he's in Florida. Okay. So he was so hesitant when they got him to sanctuary, he spent over two minutes just inside the trailer. And then he immediately jumped uh, out of the fence and pen and ran full speed into a horse pasture. <laughs> so, buddy, we love buddy. We love then buddy. buddy only seemed to be to want to be around cows so they moved him to a holding pen with with cows and uh it almost worked but then he broke out of that pen and quote nearly crushed and quote one of the employees oh, in the no. process started that employee i'm sure they're a very good person to work at an animal sanctuary exactly but now the final update hopefully he just beefaloes himself uh, out into the future and lives forever a long healthy life he is now with a female cow whoa and it seems to quote be content to stay there. So interesting. And if they have kids, then it'll be a what? Uh, it'll just be like a cow buffet. Like a, yeah, like it'll be more cow than uh, I don't even know. Now it's like three cow, quarters cow, one quarter beef allow buffalo. Beef allow sounds like a part allow. of a. Drag queen name. I should be something beef allow. Ophelia beef allow. Um, <laughs> all right, buddy. Hit us with that cat butt story. Oh, man. Well, no. You know what I think the buddy story tells oh. us, though? What's that? Is that even if you think that you are in a situation that is Ooh. doomed, Ooh. you got to make that last-ditch effort. you got to go for it. That is the yes. only way anything ever happens you got to make it you got to try it you got to try because then yes you know, so maybe you get this. and i think uh during the great choir we had so so many bananas calling me about losing their jobs yeah and you know it's horrible for everybody and now i'm getting the opposite which is wonderful as the as the grand reopening is happening it's like people are getting jobs people are switching jobs but for so many of those people so many times and i know kurt was an it guy before he really made it as a yep. comic and and i worked for red bull before i made it as a writer and was a waiter and we both gave each other sort of similar advice maybe years apart which was like if you have one foot in and one foot out you're never going to reach your real goal and you told me that about red bull you were like dude if you take that job you will never make it as a comedy writer and then i remember the reverse being like you were like i still kind of want to work part-time but i hate doing it and then you quit that job took stand-up full-time mm -hmm. and now look at you go boom i'm i'm moderately successful <laughs> Woo! <laughs> specials, hour specials, <laughs> half hour specials, new special taping in Denver at some point. Exactly. Oh, speaking of which, guys, come on out June 17th to 19th. Come see me in Philadelphia at uh, yeah. uh, Helium. Uh, I bet you fun. get that one in. I went to a Dodgers game last night. I saw that. That looks awesome. It was so well done. I went with four friends. We were all extremely safe. They've divided the seats so far apart. Everybody wears masks, but the, the people that walk around and ask you to wear a mask, it's like if you're eating your Dodger dog, which is a 12-inch hot dog, that's yeah. medium at best, uh, or drinking a beer, they let you do that, but then you pull it up. It was the closest I felt uh, to being normal. I went with Chaley Rose, who was on the podcast, and Megan Gailey, who's going to be on the podcast, and our, my good buddy Mikey Lovanos, and we had the time of our lives. It oh, that's was awesome. so fun. God, that's it's exciting. So and Fauci just came out and said, hey, you don't need these masks when you're outside. Well, 
Uh, so, all that, right. I'm hey, excited. We're, we're getting into it. Yeah, we're getting into it. Let's hear about some cat butt now. I would love to. Someone uh, on Instagram said that they think of uh, bananas as their birds and butts <laughs> podcast. Birds and butts show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no I apologize for that, but it is true. I, I honestly find birds and butts to be the funniest things. We all have at least one. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Sixth graders genius science fair project tests if a cat's butt really touches everything in a home. First off, right. This is brilliant. This 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 great this, science fair. This child is brilliant. Yeah, Rhodes Scholar. Um, this is from Bro Bible. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, it was sent in by Angela Brown. What thank I you, uh, thank Angela you, Brown. Angela Brown. Um. Written by Cass Anderson for Bro Bible, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if Bro Bible is the U- U.S. version of the U.K.'s Lad Bible or if it's I the other it way I bet it is. Around. I bet it is. Uh, and it's very funny that bros in the U.K. are called lads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, the only oh, time we ever think of a lad is when you think of like uh, the child who bought uh, a Christmas yes. goose for yes <laughs> for yes yeah, right a little a, a little boy dressed like a little sailor <laughs> holding a giant lollipop you're yeah, like look that's at that little lad. look at that little lad <laughs> <laughs> pat him on his head they're over the UK fucking shit up uh, yes so I'm not going to read this article from Bro Bible um, just because uh, I want has to run a spell check before he posts things. Um, oh, I will Cass. read <laughs> Your I will sheet. read what the original what this article is based on, which was a Facebook post. Give it to uh, me. Get ready for a good laugh. Caden completed his sixth grade science fair project this past week and, ta- and tackled the challenging task of answering the internet's most burning question. Drum roll, please. Does your cat's <clears> butthole <throat> really touch all the surfaces in your home? You bet. <laughs> we, had, we had a lot of fun with this. As a disclaimer, no cats were harmed in the process of this science project. Non-toxic lipstick <laughs> was applied to their bones. I mean, come on, guys. They were given a series of commands, sit, wait, lie down, and jump up. Uh, side note, both cats have been trained since kittenhood with a variety of commands. Who are these cats? First off, I have they no found idea. cats that they have commands? This is crazy. Didn't um, know it was possible. They also know how to high-five, spin around, and speak. That is fucking crazy. First off, that should be the science experiment. Yeah. How did you get cats to do that? Yeah, how good can you be at training cats? <laughs> Poster board. <laughs> Um, Magic wand. They were compensated with lots of praise, pets, and their favorite treats, and the lipstick was removed with a baby wipe once we collected our data in just under 10 minutes. His results and general findings. Are you ready, Scotty? Hit me, buddy boy. All right. They tested multiple cats. Long and medium-haired cats' buttholes made no contact with soft or hard surfaces at all. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Call NASA. Call NASA. Short-haired cats made no contact on hard surfaces, but we did see evidence of a slight smear on some soft bedding surface. Barf! (laughs) If you have a short-haired cat, they may be lying on a pile of laundry or unmade bed or other soft, uneven surface, your face or your hair. Then their butthole may touch those surfaces. So there you have it. And Uh, Wow. Caden is awesome. He's holding up. Caden, you rock. It's it's great. It's so it's a classic science experiment. Uh, he's got his uh, hypothesis, the purpose, his conclusion. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all just written with his, like in a marker. Does your cat's butthole really touch all the surfaces in your home? Which I guess is the burning question on everyone's mind. My cat, well, I don't own a cat, but I have a cat that visits right. every single day named Punk. It just left about 15. I don't know the cat's real name. I have no idea who owns it. I've never seen anybody else interact with it. Um, I, it's only been here for about, f- in. I think it's a neighborhood cat, but I honestly have no idea. Now Punk shows up every day about 10 a.m., drinks shower water. And then I pet it for about 10 seconds on its head. <laughs> then it finds some area and sleeps for 45 minutes, maybe three hours. And then, <laughs> and then leaves. Uh, it's the greatest pet I've ever had. That's amazing. That's perfect. Also, I think they've had, I think there's somewhere online where they have like a tracker. They had put, somebody put a tracker on a cat who is an outside cat and yeah. they saw what they did every day and that they did it almost at the exact time, same time every day. That they would go to this house, sit on that, porch, huh. eat this, then go over here and then kind of like make, does the cat come by at a specific time every day or is it different? There's a great documentary called Cat Cam that my homeboy uh, Seth Keel was a camera person on or something like that. Produced it. I can't remember. But basically, this German guy wondered what his cat did all day when he was at work. So he put on this camera that would take it was, it was pre GoPro uh-huh. and it would take a photo every 15 seconds. And then he would come home and watch the cat's day. <laughs> the cat was in, going into like five homes. The cat was getting in fights with other cats that he's never seen. Whoa. And so it's this really cool, like, I think it's about 20 minute doc. It might be on vimeo or youtube but cat cam it's so funny they just had you used to have a joke about where do animals go when you can't see them i guess holes <laughs> holes so i guess holes holes I and guess. yeah and i always love that joke because you never i mean some people probably only think about this but the average person like where's punk right now punk could be dealing cards on a riverboat right now i have no idea what this cat is doing but for one or for one to three hours a day, I am fully engaged with a cat, and then it just goes lives its own <laughs> private life. That is, I've always been obsessed with that question of where do animals go. Uh, my very one of my very first jokes ever written was about my cat. Like I used to have a cat. Uh, my cat had running a nightclub in my closet while I was gone. And, yes, uh, yes, I remember. And Marianne Ways and Anya Garrett, uh, bless their hearts, made me tiny cat wallets that you could fit yes. one nickel in. I don't know. Maybe I've talked about this on the podcast. Before. You talked about it, I think, on a mini sode, but it oh, was okay. so funny. Just like yeah, when you're gone, when you're out for the night, your cat just opens the window and it has a little bar where all the other cats pay with nickels. Yeah, it's this so was so. This was before the Secret Life of Pets. A great idea for a movie. Also, Secret Life of Pets one and two, not bad, not bad yeah. as far as you're, children's. You movies have kids, go. yeah, exactly. You're in that kids <laughs> mode where you're like, you like this movie, so I'm going to watch it 85 times in the next three weeks. Great, but you like uh, Rio, right? Rio is a sweet spot for you too. I love Rio, Rio and Rio two. I take them both. I think Rio one is superior, um, but yeah. Okay. All right, Scotty, give me another one. I'll give you a good one. I'm going to stick on a little bit of an animal theme because I just got this in... Oh, I got a smart kid one, too. We've got smart kids and animals today on the pod. Lanification sent this in on Instagram, or Lanification. Thank you so much uh, for that. This was written by our favorite, Curdy B, cbc.ca. This one's from Canada. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, Canada. Your home environment. Grave. I don't Tim know. Tim Hortons. Yeah, this is by their staff. They have the best staff in the biz. We all know that. Coyotes pounce on a man who crashed an electric scooter into one of them on Stanley Park <laughs> Seawall. Okay. 
So. <laughs> oh, it's got everything that makes it funny. Electric scooters, it coyotes, sir. and a seawall. This Thank is you. packed. I want this as a movie. Yes, I know. It is a saga. So paramedics were called to a, quote, never heard this before, <laughs> multiple animal incident, end quote, after a nighttime collision in Stanley Park. It's dark on the north side of Stanley Park. The prettiest park. Have you been to Vancouver, Kurt? Yes, I have. Stanley Park's beautiful. Stanley Park is makes me so jealous of Eddie, every city park. I mean, maybe like in Berlin or something. Yeah. But Stanley Park is a reason just to go to Vancouver, just to ride Easily. a bike through that park. Easily. Um, great place. Love it. So it's dark on the north side of Stanley Park seawall at night. Thus, a man riding his electric scooter in the area just before midnight on Sunday likely didn't see it coming before he crashed into a coyote on his path. <laughs> I mean, dude, that has got to be a strange feeling. So the he's, impact, on, he's like on he's like on a lime scooter or something like one of those. Probably silent. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah, silent. Yeah. But Maybe he's again down. just. <laughs> standing scoot, 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 along. scooting along all right boom hits a coyote getting home before midnight you know yeah. you gotta get, what what better way than just to cut through a very dark unlit park <laughs> this guy's making great decisions oh canada so the impact according to the cops who highlighted the bizarre encounter on monday knocked the man off his scooters he uh scooter officer Sully fell so hard on the pavement he Injured his collarbone, but then it got worse. Quote, while he was on the ground with the injured collarbone, a couple of coyotes began to rip at him, (laughs) biting his jacket and his clothes. I mean, they were not having it. I mean, that's crazy for them to fucking try that. You know what I mean? Like, they are fully aware of of a human. Like, they know what a human is. They know what a human can do. They're like, take advantage of the situation. This is our moment. (laughs) Corner him. He's down. The scooter nerds are down. Um, uh, Addison said the man fended off the animals and flagged down a passerby. I hope on a scooter. I hope another scoot scooting by. (laughs) Called 911 or whatever their equivalent is. uh, British Columbia... Emergency Health Services confirmed paramedics were called to respond to the multiple animal situation. Great title for... um, That's a great title for a movie. Uh, On the seawall near Lumberman's Arch and the Lionsgate Bridge, the man was hospitalized but in stable condition. Probably needed a tetanus shot or something Mm -hmm. like that. Rabies shot. The run-in. Now, this is interesting. The run-in is the 17th incident since December in which a coyote has bitten a human in Stanley Park. That's crazy. What? Nature healed. Yeah, they're coming back. That's crazy. That that just honestly just sounds like rabies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. coyotes have a lot of fur, but have you ever seen a coyote without its fur? It's the size of a small cat. They're I see very them all over the place. little, man. They're teeny I never tiny. saw them until I moved to L.A., and I see them everywhere, constantly. Yeah. It's. Uh, I hear them every night. I had a brief standoff once. I was eating a burrito walking down my very steep street <laughs> to my house, and two coyotes were looking at me, and we just had a late 2 a.m. drunken standoff where I realized every time I raised my hand like I was going to throw something, they would back up five feet. So I just kept backing them up and eating my burrito and just slowly and drunkenly stumbling to my house. But uh, I think that was it for that one. Oh, all the biting incidents since Christmas have involved adults walking or running in the park, most between dusk and dawn. So, you know, they come out at night. They're coming out at night for you. So be careful out there. People should not feed coyotes or leave food out for wild animals. We know this. I 
love those little scooters. I will be up front. I love them, and I know, and people hate those scooters. Oh, like bird there's scooters? Like, yeah. There's like a whole Instagram page just called, I think, Fuck Bird Scooters, which is just people like destroying them. Yeah. Um, and I love them, and I'm the exact reason people like hate too. them. I'm just a big, tall, white man coming, scooting by like, beep, beep, hey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was in, I was in Austin, South by Southwest. Great. The premiere of Longshot, this movie that I wrote on uh, with, uh, you guys should see Longshot. If you, if you like, if you like underrated movie, underrated rom-com, Seth Rogen, Charlie Theron. Um, and so I'm all dressed up for, uh, for the premiere. You're going to a premiere. I decide to scoot there. All right. Because there's a lot of Normal. scooters around. <laughs> Great choice. <laughs> Too so many I'm a scooters. Dressed up man. Also, a hint for anybody: if you ever go to a premiere at South by Southwest, don't get dressed up because nobody else is, That's and you'll right. feel very uncomfortable, like I did all night long. But the best part is that on the way, scooting, yes. wearing a suit, suiting, suiting, scoot, suiting. suiting. <laughs> We're uh, suiting, suiting up. <laughs> I was pulled over by a Texas State Trooper. No. <laughs> yes, on a scooter. And I'm like standing there. They pull me over, and I'm like, what? Fuck. Uh, and then like he gives me a full fucking ticket because I like went through a red light. And I'm like, it's a fucking scooter, man. And another Come person on. was like walking. So you like, and then like I get pulled over, and I'm like, do I stand to the side of mm-hmm. the scooter? Like, am mm-hmm. I supposed to dismount, or do I am I supposed to keep my hands on the scooter itself? Yeah. You know. And then someone's yeah. like walking by me, and they're just like a foot and a half from me where they're walking by, and sure. he's like. Is he giving you a fucking ticket? <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got I, a, I got a a, a a scooter ticket. Was it a, a fine? It was a fine. Yeah. Yeah. One time in Prospect Park. One time I rode my bike through that park over a thousand times, if not two thousand times. I guess I was riding in the wrong direction in Prospect Park on a bicycle. What? I didn't even know that was a thing. Me neither. So, yeah, but apparently it is. And a cop on uh, a motor scooter pulled me over. I thought he was going to ask me for, like, did you see somebody? Or, like, have you noticed anything? Or have you seen this dog? Do you want to be a friend? Do you need a friend, sir? Yes, I do. Thank you. Want to scoot sometime? You better believe it. Uh, And he's like, you're riding the wrong direction. That's a fine. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, do you have your license on you? I was like, yes. He's like, you can't ride. He's like, it's a counter, it's a counterclockwise loop with traffic. I'm like, there's no traffic there, and you know, like sometimes yeah. there's cars that go through, but not really. And I think on weekends they shut the whole thing down. You can't even drive. Exactly. In there. Yeah. So, and I was, ugh, it was so annoying. So I had to go to traffic court in Red Hook Jesus. and fight this ticket. I go in to, I ride my bike there, of course. Uh, I lock my bike up. I go, and they're like, you just missed it. It's lunch, so come back after lunch. It's an hour and 15 minutes. So I go, great. So I come back an hour and 15 minutes later um, after having to take off work and everything. And then it was a day where like a school was just getting to see how like small claim, whatever, that <laughs> traffic court works. So it's just 50 Brooklyn kids asking a bailiff if he has a gun. Seriously, they're, he was like, and do we have any questions? They're like, you got a gun? And he's like... <laughs> Yes, I have a gun. They're like, can we see it? And he's like, no. So when the judge comes in, they're like, what kind of gun is it? It was so funny. Just like sixth graders yelling about guns while I'm just sitting there because I rode my bike the wrong direction. 
So I get in there, and they have all these different court. Uh, they have all these lawyers appointed to you, and there's like four of them because it's Brooklyn, it's New York, it's so diverse. They have one that speaks Russian, they have one that speaks Chinese, they have one that speaks Spanish. So I get this guy that's just like just so tired, just a public defender that's yeah. just so over it. And the judge comes in, he's all sleepy, and he's like, case 1047832. And I'm like, that's me. They're like, Landis. I'm like, yes. I go stand next to this lawyer who I've never met in my life. He's wearing a cheap suit. And the judge goes, riding bike, wrong direction in public park. How do you plead? And the lawyer leans over. He goes, just plead not guilty. I go, not guilty? He goes, dismissed. Try not to ride your bike the wrong direction in a public park. I'm sorry you had to do this. Like the, Even the judge was like, what have we done? The system uh, is so broken. Got on my bike, rode right back home. I was, I was at that exact same courthouse you I'm know it. in Red Hook. Yes. And again, I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but I got a ticket for being in Prospect Park. It was like 2 in the morning. We were drinking. And they it's a great time us, to be there drinking. Yeah, and they gave us a ticket for drinking in the park and for being in the park after curfew. And then we went, and they and essentially the, the judge said, listen, you can go through court. It'll take you probably about six hours to like hear everybody's right. cases. He's like, or we have an experimental thing where you can go and take this class. And oh, if you take God. the class, we just dismiss your charges. And so I was like, yeah, we're going to take the class. And so it was oh, me and my two friends who had gotten the ticket together drinking in the park yeah and then it's all and so then it's just this guy who's like supposed to be walking you through and this was like a giuliani thing of like this idea of um they're called quality of life crimes and they're all fucking bullshit do you know what i mean it's like drinking on your stoop or like peeing in the street everyone there was for like drinking on their stoop or peeing in the street we were for drinking in the park two of the best things you can do in new york jesus christ and especially if you're on your fucking stoop. Anyway, yes. so this guy, I felt bad for him. He was obviously like a young guy right out of law school. And he, his, his job to like walk people through like why we have quality yeah. of life crimes. And then he's like, how does everybody feel? Let's like have a round table. And then everybody, every single person, like just yes. everyone was just hardcore fucking Brooklyn and was like, you think this fuck? I, I got guys getting shot. One block over. You give me a fucking ticket for having a beer on my fucking stoop? And every single person just yes. destroyed this poor guy. <laughs> and that was just an hour and a half of all of us yelling at him about how dumb it is that people are getting, oh, being given tickets for this shit. And that then, of is course, so good. During the Great Choir, you can just drink in New York. I wonder if it'll just stay that way. Yeah. I uh, who friggin' knows? That's so good. But it was like, what a waste of everyone's everybody's time. Everybody's time. What are we doing? What are you doing? It's just cops. But fucking. All right. Listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tee us me? up. I'll tee you up. I bet we have really funny commercials. I think we should just start doing the commercials as hilariously as we can do them. We are. We're pretty loosey goosey with we're them already, already. But I mean, I agree. Let's let's, let's get sillier. Crank it up. Uh, thousands of Utah State employees entangled in a reply-all email nightmare. <laughs> Man, was it 1999? <laughs> All right. See you soon on some more bananas.
ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bananas. Scotty. Curdy B. How you doing? I'm so good. I've had a, uh, a back into this. They're not a sponsor or anything, but I started using Headspace again and doing some daily meditations for 10, 20 minutes. Man, I feel chill. I've been doing creative. What? Really? Headspace, you ever use that? It's an app. Oh, yeah. I promise this isn't an app. I mean, an yeah, ad, by the way. I've just like been ad. using it for two weeks. And uh, have you ever done that? It's just it talks you through some breathing meditations. It's like 10 steps and you start paying. But it's dope. It's, I feel so calm. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. That's but other great. than that, everything's good. Um, I'm just living the dream, man. Plant plants just slowly. The grand reopening is beautiful. I'm having oh, fun. Oh, man. I'll tell you this. I had a pretty powerful... I mean, I know this is. we are all goofy-goofy here, but I we're will goofy, share this. Goofy. This was a pretty beautiful experience I had. Yes. I, um, so my buddy, Steve Lee, who, uh, who's a mentor yes. of mine... Of course. Um, he, uh, you know, he's just like this fascinating guy who lived in the, in the woods um, and uh, lived in a yurt for 25 years and taught people Taoism and people had a, and he made stone pendants and that's how he sold it to me. Yeah, they're art. beautiful. Chain smoked all the time. Yes. Um, was just this like hermit who like knew everything about plants and nature and uh, was could could build anything. Yep. Uh, he died. We were there. So we, like four of us who've been camping on his land and like kind of like being his acolytes yeah. for like 25 years. Yes. Um, we found out he was going into a nursing home um, because, you know, he finally was coming. Deteriorating yeah, a little deteriorating bit. Sure, 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 sure. He smoked sure. out. He smoked about maybe a thousand cigarettes a day. That and makes sense. Uh, so we flew out. And we just didn't think we were going to make it in time because we found it. We uh-huh. thought on a Thursday, on a Monday, he um, like went unconscious, and they're like, they don't think he has much time. And we're like, shit, right. we plan this whole trip. It's like, go see him. Uh, we don't know what we're doing. I guess we're like committing to going no matter what happens, you know. And we get there on Thursday night. We wake up on a Friday. Mm-hmm. We get a call. We get a text mm-hmm. from the nursing home, basically saying he's actively passing, and we are still an hour away. In Springfield, Missouri. Wow, what a wild thing! Yeah, this is it's crazy. crazy. And so we, because they knew we were coming, and like he had been told we were coming, and so we like just fucking get in the car, the four of us, and just yeah. start gunning it for you know. You got on your katana motorcycles and just do a hundred and eighty <laughs> up the turnpike. <laughs> and we're also coming. the highway. This is the highway that like goes to to uh, to Branson, Missouri. Mm. Uh, so it was near Branson, and okay. the. These signs on the side of this road oh, yes. were fucking apeshit crazy. <laughs> they were like just absurdity after absurdity over yes. and over and over again. The main one that I loved was the Uranus Fudge Factory that had like 300 signs for it, which is like yeah, amazing. As it should. It's a, great. So, you know, it's a, it's a shit joke for children uh, to come eat fudge. For yeah. 100 miles in either direction. The Midwest just, they're different in there. Yeah. So we made it there. We made it there. We were still alive. We got to go in, sit around him, and we just sat for like two hours and talked to him and told him how much he meant to us and like, you know, just just gave him wow. this love, which he would have fucking so hated. And uh, <laughs> and we left and three hours later he died. I mean Perfect. like it was like he was literally You said like, goodbye. We said goodbye and it meant so much to all of us, especially beautiful I, we buddy. Hope it means something to him. 
But, you know, when people are sick, it is really scary, you know, to yeah. like go and visit them. You don't know what you're going to say and everything like that. But I encourage you to do it. Um, don't be worried about death. Don't nope. be scared by it. Um, it's much easier. Uh, someone said this on Instagram. Death is very hard on the living. Um, but yeah, do it because it's going to give you, you a bud. sense of closure. You know? I'm so happy you did that because, yeah, it's a sense of closure. I'm sure he would have been thrilled you're there. It's part of it. You know, We go around this carousel one time, so yeah. it's like live it up and make everybody's ride as good as you can make it. So good for you. I'm glad you got there in time, and it's, it's just kind that you kept that friendship going for so long. It was, yeah, it was a crazy race against the clock. Um, and when I lose my mind and end up living in a yurt, I know who's going to come and visit me, and me. that's good to know. Me. Uh, bingo. Bingo boingo. All right, let's, let's get into this. Thousands let's of get Utah silly, silly. state employees. Employees entangled in reply all email nightmare. <laughs> this is this is sent in uh, by Bananimal uh, Odessa. Thank you. And Odessa, now, you rock. Full disclosure: This is from 2018. Uh, this is from KUTV by Jeremy Harris. Jeremy. Woo! Cut TV. Best in the biz. Best in the beeswax. Uh, an apparently simple email about a holiday potluck at a state office in Utah. Oh, even better! Off the rails Friday when it was accidentally oh. sent to approximately twenty five thousand state employees. Yes, sir. One early respondent seemed to anticipate the coming storm of emails by replying to all. Brace selves for receiving thousands of emails from people yes, hitting sir. reply all to say that they got added by mistake. Then the reply all responses <laughs> began. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. So someone was uh, putting it on Twitter. Uh, this yep. guy, Joe Doherty. Um, Way to go, Joe. Big and Joe. this is thousands of people. Please stop replying to all. Stop replying to all. Stop the madness. Everyone oh. stop responding. This is so insane to continually email yes. out replying all to stop replying all. Yes. Please take me off this group text. You sent me as a wrong person. Yeah, if you could stop replying at all. <laughs> hey, this was sent to the entire state. Please stop replying all. Everyone stop responding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it won't stop it went on for hours and hours thousands and thousands and thousands of messages it's and then it started back up again i mean beautiful it's amazing so this i want on just like twenty five thousand, you know political wonks all without a sense of humor just, just demanding that everyone stop replying all by yes replying all. so oh now my gosh i got a story with this one you do? Oh, my God. Hit me, big boy. Are you by any chance on the Jash email list? Oh, I, I am well aware of this, but you tell it. <laughs> so Jash uh, was like a, or a network slash production company in Los Angeles. They probably, made com- they probably primarily made like comedy videos. And yep. um, they, <laughs> they wanted to send out a, oh boy. a Christmas present. What Dear a, God, no. Very nice. And so they wanted to send an email to everyone in their address book saying, like, yep. hey, you know, what's your address and what's your hat size? We want to send you a hat. And so this is the email that we get. Hey, first name. <laughs> we, Jash, would like to send you a Christmas gift. What is your mailing address, please? Uh, and they do not BCC. 
Oh this is my! How many comics? Every, how many comedians? And this is producers? every comedy name in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm thinking a thousand. Um, yep. We've got uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Tig Notaro, John Hamm, Pete Pam Holmes, <laughs> Holmes Bone, Bob Delaney. Uh, Heard of him? Seth Twitter Rogen. God. Yep. Uh, big names. Big names. Um, Michael Sarah. Michael uh, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Uh, Tim and Eric, Reggie Watts. Of course, Reggie then, Watts. So then this is the most amazing thing. The very first response. Within four minutes, okay. is someone who I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, who just replies all with their actual <laughs> address. Oh, God. And then the Lucas brothers immediately respond, you probably shouldn't reply all with your address. Everyone gets it. <laughs> <laughs> And then Nick Thuin writes, crazy, mine is his address, too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, it's hell, because it just spirals. And comedian, there are certain types of comedians that can't let a bit die. There's this, certain, and there are certain people in life that they just keep bringing up the same joke over and over and over. And Oh, my this God. This was, and I did, no. not, I did not reply all to this, because I do hate the reply all bits. Like, it's just ingrained in me to yeah, I would never do the reply all Don't bits. reply all. It's annoying. But and the person who made the ones. mistake or the intern that makes the mistake just wants to jump off a bridge, so don't do it. Um, Hit us with some classics. Kumail says, you already gave me the Christmas gift I wanted, which is the emails of almost everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, who, what else? Oh, this one's a very good one. This dude uh, writes, hey, guys, I just got the Jash Christmas gift hat. And honestly, I don't think it helps the situation. And it just says John Hamm's actual email address across the hat. <laughs> he won it. Oh, man. John Daly was on there. Um, I was on there. I was definitely in that sucker. And I was, uh, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to get something for free. Uh, and I've also been on many uh, Jash lists that it was like, come to our p- Christmas party. And then you show up and it's like 600 people long and then you just leave and go to a bar instead. Yeah. They, w- they were not organized back in the day. I think they're much more on track these days. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Ray posted a picture of uh, like a meme of John Ham that just says, when you realize everybody <laughs> has your email address. Hamaconda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Hamalama Ding Dong. Uh, then Kyle Kinane demands to be taken off the list. Ugh. I mean, it's like people are just getting angry at this point. It's just hell. It's hell. It's absolute hell. It's email hell. You want to change your whole email address. Yeah, you just want to get rid of it. Uh, and then on, this was in 2015 that it happened. And uh, then it's silent. Nothing happens until okay. June 20th, 2017. <laughs> Oh boy! Somebody fucking starts it up again. It's fucking Got Sharpling. To. Sharpling. <laughs> Tom Sharpling. Tom Sharpling says two years later. Hey, I never got my hat. Does anyone have any TA on this? <laughs> oh, Tom Sharpling is so funny. Uh, That's amazing. Lauren Lapkus gets in there. Steve Agee, Alex Borstein. Uh, oh, I had a, an accountant, a former accountant, do this, by the way. What? I had an entertainment accountant say, hey, guys, it's the end of the year. Send us your estimates so you can do taxes. And he didn't BCC anybody. And all of these writers and actors and producers just start sending how much money they made to everyone. No, 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 no. So I, I opened it up and I'm like, I didn't notice it wasn't on BC, but I, I just like got up, showered, made coffee. I was like, oh, I'll check my accounts and see what I made. 
And then Johnny Pemberton, our good friend, the comedian Johnny Pemberton, so on, he's like, this is about to get amazing. That's what his email reply all was. <laughs> and then like five or six more people without really reading just said yeah. how much money they made. Yeah. So it's, it was so exposing. And like, like some people are like, ugh, rough year. And then this one comedy writer I won't name, who's a very funny dude, was like, yeah, kind of crap year for me. Fifteen million sold the yacht. Gonna have to write that. Like it was so. And then the accountant and his assistant are like, "Oh my! Like we are so sorry. We're so sorry about the confidentiality. Oh Please God. stop replying to this email." But it was so exposed. It felt like that's so dirty. Yeah, I felt like a spy or something. Oh my God! That's so much worse than the Jash so Holiday Hat email. Oh my God! Um, one of your old reps, one of your old old reps, because uh, there aren't that many Scotties in this world. Yeah. So some people have Scotty in their email and they just hit it. But their old Scotty was their financial planner, and I once got sent all the retirement financials for somebody in this biz, like everything they've saved, who gets what, and I'm like oh. scrolling through. I'm like, how is this for me? And oh then I go back up, God. and I'm like. Oh, crap. So anyways, I know it's those oh, security numbers, amazing. and I'm willing to sell them on the dark web. <laughs> um, this is amazing. Okay, so I just do want to tell you how this ends. Um, yes, please. So it dies out eventually in 2017 with something that yes, Tom, Tom Green kills it okay. uh, by sending out a happy holidays card on the email. Thank you, Tom Green. Good. Smart. See that guy, Tom Green. Funny guy. <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> And then someone, and then someone called Mr. Kofefe. Nothing funnier. <laughs> I mean, and then Mr. Kofefe oh, kills boy. it permanently on March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Which, as you five can remember, years later. <laughs> is the, five years later is the day that lockdown began <laughs> in California. <laughs> It is with a heavy heart that I'm announcing, due to the recent COVID-19 outbreak, I will be canceling all shows and podcast appearances imminently. And then goes on to be just very, very serious. Obviously, this is not a real person who doesn't do comedy. And oh, they my God. killed it for real on March 13, 2020. So RIP, the Jash, e- holiday hat, email, extravaganza. It was wonderful while it lasted. I disliked it the entire time. But now looking back on it, pretty fun. Yep. All the best things in life are that way. <laughs> a little bit hell, and then you look back at it and you go, you know what? That's funny. That's really funny. It's a driver homer. It took five years, but now you get it. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Hit it up. I got us. This one came in, I would say, might be the new record okay. for most submitted story it is. It was sent in by so many. I'm just going to name two because they were the first two I screenshotted. Susweso, who I believe is named Susan. Susweso, thank you on Instagram. And Rebecca Ruber on Instagram. Thank you so very much. AP wrote this one. The Associated Press. We love them. They never credit anybody. Media missed in the biz. Media. At this wedding, the bride and groom were the crashers. Okay, so in Southwest Ranches, Florida, Courtney Wilson and Shanita Jones invited friends and family to their, quote, dream home wedding and estate for their weekend wedding celebration, the ceremony Saturday, and then a big brunch on Sunday. There was just one problem, Kurt. The couple didn't own the 16,300-square-foot mansion, and they did not have permission to use it. They crashed their own 
wedding. The suburban Fort Lauderdale estate had everything. I mean, the, the picture of this house, I it, it is ostentatious it's beyond belief. Wacky doodles. It is crazy. Yep. They have a bowling alley, a sw- multiple swimming pools, really, but one with a waterfall, a hot tub, tennis courts, a gazebo. Always funny that they list the gazebo like anybody has ever enjoyed a, a hang. What are we? No one's like a, a, the only. Here's the only time I've ever enjoyed a gazebo when I was 16 yeah. and smoking weed in a park. If it's Sounds not fun in a to park me. and I ain't 16 and need a place to smoke weed, I don't need a gazebo. No, thank you. Uh, and an 800 square foot bar for our european bananas that's 240 meters <laughs> wilson said it was god's plan for the couple to get married there and maybe it was god's plan we'll never really know if that's true uh but despite what the invitation inferred the actual owner nathan finkel never gave them permission to hold the festivities there and he was stunned nathan finkel was stunned kurt i mean why wouldn't he be when wilson showed up saturday morning and s- to set up <laughs> So he called the cops. I have people trespass- trespassing on my property, Finkel told the dispatcher. And they so keep they harassing me. So they got in. They got past they came the right gates in. or whatever. They got in. Came okay, right so they in. figured out how to get past the gates. I love that. And they just started setting up. They assumed nobody was there. Putting out chairs. Getting ready. They're getting ready for the most special day of their entire lives. I love that. Uh, so and they keep harassing me and calling me. They're saying they're going to have a wedding here and that it's God's message. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. All I want is for this to stop. And they're sitting on my property right now. They're sitting near my front gate. So the two officers told Wilson that he would have to leave, which... Uh, makes sense. Um, the groom, <laughs> he did. He did. So no char- uh, charges were filed. Oh, good. Wilson told the AP, "quote I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> <laughs> Just shutting that one down. Uh, Finkel, whose late father was an early IHOP, IHOP restaurant, so International House of Pancakes, uh, early restaurant franchi- uh, franchisee, had been trying to sell the property for two years and listed it for over five million bucks my gosh so it's been empty so it's been empty for like for two years yeah and they assumed it's gonna be empty we can have a full (laughs) wedding yes so this it's such a fucking rolling the dice move it's your wedding day yeah, they they thought so. A few months after he puts it on the lot, uh, or puts it up for sale, um, this guy asked Nathan Nathan uh, Finkel if he could use Nathan's backyard for his wedding. Nathan says no, but that did not stop this couple from sending out elaborate invitations detailing their love story, reconnecting thirty years after high school, and how he proposed over pizza on Christmas Eve. This Saturday afternoon ceremony would be followed by a red carpet cocktail hour <laughs> and reception lasting well past midnight sunday brunch would be from noon to four well, so, sunday they're brunch, so they're gonna break in <laughs> and sleep yeah. there and then have yep. brunch the next morning i fucking love these people me too i'm pro couple on this yeah. i think that they tr- they thought it was empty they thought the guy lived at a different property they had yeah. no idea he happened to be in there and so it was just like a shock on his face uh the broward county record show a marriage license has been issued to the couple last week but they had not registered uh to be married as of wednesday i love this i am team wedding on this oh hell yeah, I mean, also, if you have, like, a secondary property 
that's yep. worth $5 million and is 16,000 yes. square feet. I think legally people should be able to have their wedding on your Agree. property without yes. being charged until you sell it. That should be a law in the United Love that. States. Yes, if, if treat it like multi- an open house. If you have multiple homes and they're over 10,000 square feet, it's yes. just automatically open for people to have weddings there. <laughs> I agree. This, Nathan Finkel blew. You, you can't do this, guys. Like, if you inherited a $5 million mansion with all the accoutrement, yeah. and you have a wedding party show up in your yard, I'm assuming he lives alone. They didn't mention family or kids or anything. You order pizzas. You order beers. You call the IHOPs that your family still owns, and you get free pancakes delivered for that brunch. He, you go, hey guys, you can party here till midnight. At midnight, I'm calling the cops. Until that moment, have the most fun you can have. You are a party legend. If you own a house this big and dumb and stupid, and you're trying to sell it, he missed the greatest opportunity to be a true party god. Because this would have huge misfire. This would have made. The news, if he had said yes, yes, as well, okay, yes, and then he looks amazing. awesome, and he sells his house. People are like, Bingo. "What the fucking party house is for sale?" Yeah, yeah. I'm buying it for five million. That's right. You shoot a reality dollars. show there. They say they do ten seasons of Say Yes to the Dress there in exactly. Fort Lauderdale or wherever the, in Southwest Ranches, Florida. It's crazy to me. It's just absolutely insane. I, I, um, yeah, I think when you. Yeah, it's just the way I am. Like, I think so many people are like, no way. I wouldn't let anybody do that at my house. It's like, well, you're missing out. Like, roll with it. Go with it. It's so bizarre. Yes, if it's happening every week, and I can understand you getting frustrated, but this feels like a once in a lifetime opportunity just to give a married couple the greatest experience of their life. It is so insane. But also, it is so insane that they were just willing to risk it all. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the wedding. They had elaborate invitations. So like, funny. The, uh, it's, so it's not a shotgun wedding. It's definitely like important to them. And they're yeah. like, we're going to do it illegally <laughs> on somebody else's property without their permission. And just imagine that it would be pulled off. Like, that's the craziest part, too. Whereas just like yeah. that, that level of just... Uh, it's meant to be. Did they say it's God's will? They said it's God's they will. They said it was God. Yeah. So that, that, and in some of the other articles that weren't the AP ones, uh, they said it, it was God's message for them to have a wedding there. God's up there and she's going, this house is perfect for your red carpet cocktail hour following the reception. It's so good. I just love it so much. I love what's that? A red carpet cocktail reception? Is that where you like walk? You get to walk a red carpet. I with think a drink that is what you get photos? to do. Right, I cool. think it's a little bit Hollywood, Florida. If you yeah. catch my drift. Hello. It makes me so happy. It uh, really does. You want to hear last one here, Scott? Give me a last one. Also, I have a wedding crashing story that is way too long that I I think I might oh. save for a uh, a live show. I think we got toward this. I think we got a tour bananas this fall and. I got some like 15 minute stories that you and I can just fully interact with. Oh, all right. Yeah, because it's kind of, it's, yeah. Oh, I want, I'm tempted. I got, a, I got an all timer. I'm all teeing right. it up big, but I'm going to back it up in October when we're, I don't know, carving pumpkins in Denver or something. Sweet. I like that. Um, yeah, give us a cool one. We'll give us a cool one. It's another animal one. 
But we've had some people ones in between our animal ones. And keep sending your stories in the Bananas Podcast for our new listeners. The Bananas Podcast on Instant Messenger or the Bananas Podcast at gmail.com. Send us any strange news stories you find. We, we will reply to every single message. It's crazy that we do it, but we do enjoy ourselves doing it. Um, this is sent in by Aaron Erdman. This is Thank you, Aaron. Page Roasting Coffee. Multiple. She's had multiple stories. Yeah, she's chasing copy haste. They're, he's coming for you, copy haste. Mm-hmm. Uh, note this from I fucking love science, IFL science. Uh, not noted as an author, IFL science. Interesting. Bummer. Here it is. Notoriously grim turkey experiment proves they will attempt to have sex with anything. <laughs> yes, I said it before on the podcast. They're They're horny. They'll chase you down. They'll... Unload on you. I had no idea. Uh, oh, I knew. All right, quick. Picture a scientist. You pictured somebody in a lab coat looking at a test yeah. tube, didn't you? The one from The Simpsons, yes. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever pictures a group of people gathered around and mounting a turkey's head on a spike in order to see whether another turkey will attempt to have sex with it. Jesus! But sometimes that's what science involves, and quite frankly, you need to adjust your stereotypes. All right. Okay. All right. In the 1960s, Dr. Martin Sheen... Again, the 1960s were a wild time for science experiments. (laughs) It was fucking lawless. It's like, what do you want to know? We're fucking taking acid and we're making up experiments. (laughs) I mean, the 60s is when we had that notorious story about the dolphin, the dolphin having sex with the scientists. I mean, so crazy. Yeah, who's walking who? In the the 1960s, Dr. Martin Sheen and Dr. Edward Hale designed a notoriously grim experiment about the sex lives of turkeys. They had already found in previous experiments that male turkeys would basically have sex with anything going. When male turkeys find female turkeys in their pen, they will attempt to have sex with them. When male turkeys find humans in their pens, they will attempt to have sex with them. I told you. If they have been exposed to humans during the imprinting phase shortly after hatching and are later confronted with humans and females at the same time, they will treat the event like an interspecies versions of eyes wide shut meaning okay they'll try and fuck everybody yeah they're horn balls. a bit icky all of the participants were at least not dead in a subsequent okay. experiment where the same could <laughs> it's not the, it's be the said, little things <laughs> it's the little things in life the scientists investigated what exactly it was that got a turkey going this was done by creating a taxidermy turkey placing it in the pen with the male turkeys. Turkeys were unbothered by the fact that the turkeys showed no sign of life and performed necrophilia on the stuffed animals without hesitation. Bingo. Next, the scientists no removed body parts from the turkeys <laughs> to see if that had any effect on the male turkeys' mating attempts. They okay. Feet, no effect. Wings, no effect, which is to say the male turkeys still considered the dead bird a mating opportunity and mounted it. Wow. Scientists kept going. And this is where it's like, this is the only, they're only doing this in the 60s. They just kept going until it was just a head on a stick. And they brought it in. Disturbing. Disturbing. Disgusting popsicle. And the male turkey still attempted to have sex with it. There you go. And also, nature finds a way. What are they? What's the. Okay, so this is what they learned eventually. The yeah, team okay, believed, that's right. Like that, the question is, is like, well, what are they trying to learn here? Like, what is, what is, who's, who's benefiting from this? 
The team Nobody. believed this was because okay. the back of the female turkey's head would be the only thing visible to males anyway during mating. And apparently Weird. they were unbothered Wild. by seeing that the neck was attached to nothing beforehand. Yes. The experiment was repeated in chickens who were not fussed about a head. What does that mean? They were oh, not yeah. fussed about a head, Kurt. That's just, it means what it means. It means what that sentence that we all say all the time, <laughs> sometimes to the clerks at the grocery store, sometimes the person cutting your hair. Uh, so chickens would have sex with a headless body of a hen, but not a disembodied head. This is okay. such a fucked up experiment. It is. Um, it but is I, very- love, I love that they did it way back then, and then we were like, yep, they, it was right. Our, my, our hypothesis was right. I'm sorry we had to go through all that. I mean, but it all is also weird where it's just like, well, what is it? Is it worth it? Was that worth it to now For sure know no. Cruel. that turkeys know that turkeys get turned on by the backs of heads? Like, that's all no. we know about it. That's all we know yeah. now. It is funny to call somebody a turkey. Uh, I think is. it's like one of the great insults of all time. Like, you're like, what up, turkey? Like, it is. It's such <laughs> like a like I never really. I, there's a bunch of like words that I don't say, like just because I feel like they're lazy or whatever. But I do find like "get over here, you turkey" is like one of the funniest so things funny. you could say, especially to a kid. Like if a kid's been in the pain in the ass, just call him a turkey. It's yep. so fun. Oh, I agree one hundred percent. I've been I've been doing I've been like starting to be able to like do bits with Olive, which is pretty That's fun. Fun. And, That's uh, so fun. And one of the bits that we do. Um, which is like I come in very serious and I say, excuse me, um, I am looking for a 100% certified uh, noodle butt. And then she's just <laughs> like, <laughs> and then she's just like, oh, uh, well, let me check if there's one here. <laughs> this is a good bit. Uh, it's really funny. So she's the 100% certified noodle butt. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like cool. It's like, oh, man, we can start doing bits together. Yeah, really yeah, that is so good oh i love it i love it scott i think we bombed through another one it's been a pleasure god i can't wait to be back in a studio and decorate it to look absolutely insanely bananas i cannot wait we have this we have this um uh stained glass piece it was sent to us before we even started our podcast by beautiful a a wonderful artist she has an instagram called house of pain p-a-n-e as in window pain they're beautiful pieces but it's just a banana it's so cool it's so cool and i can't wait to put it up in the studio me too me too bananas This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 